Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed Podcast. Well, we welcome to the World Prayer Network call. Thank you so much for joining us. It's an honor to have you with us. My name is Jim Garlow. This is my wife, Rosemary. I want to remind you of the purpose of the call. The purpose of the call, we pray for holiness, for righteousness, for biblical justice, as opposed to social justice, and truth to prevail throughout the land and the nations of the earth. I want to remind you once again, we ask the press or media to step off the call. Nothing ever shared on the World Prayer Network is to be shared in the media. Thank you for respecting that. And lastly, we remind you that we are way beyond the issue of partisanship. We're way beyond Republican versus Democrat or even right versus left. Where we are squarely planted is right versus wrong, good versus evil, light versus darkness, biblical truth as opposed to anti-scriptural constructs, the things of God as opposed to the evil one. That being said, the official beginning of the World Prayer Network call is always the sounding of the shofar all the way from Israel with Robert Winger. Robert? Robert, thank you so much. Well, we are glad you're with us tonight. We are in London, London, England. Rosemary and I have been here. We were originally in uh, over in Amsterdam, and now we've been in London for the last three days, four days actually, at a phenomenal conference called ARC, Alliance for Responsible Citizenship, uh, put together primarily by Jordan Peterson and a team that developed primarily in England, but around the, around the world. Uh, mainly from United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and all across Europe. Many, many, many from uh, England and from all, all the European nations were well represented here. It was quite a phenomenal conference, one of the finest I've ever been to. 1,500 delegates, and you'll be very excited to know the, the, um, the rising up, what God is doing in rising up an army to stand for truth and values that we have we've cherished uh through western civilization and you'll also be encouraged you know uh, of the crowd my best guesstimates that it could be as much as half the crowd were 30 somethings uh certainly if it wasn't that much it was it was a lot it was a five very high percentage i assure you i was probably the oldest one in the crowd and it was exhilarating to be there with all these all the potential of a lot of 30-somethings and 40-somethings in the crowd, which probably comprised close to 50% of the crowd. Many were elected officials, uh, high levels in government and in business as well. We have with us three special guests I want you to hear from. I'm extremely excited about for them to share their responses, their reaction in being at this. Our first one is Oz Guinness. Oz Guinness is the type who really truly doesn't need an introduction. He's internationally renowned. He's a scholar, author, thinker, social commentator. Uh, he has a string of degrees. He's internationally recognized apologist. Everyone's heard of Oz Guinness. So Oz, I can't tell you what a joy it is to have you with us tonight. You're you're a you're a Brit, but you live in the United States of America. So we're happy to claim you uh, as one of our own. But let me just throw it wide open to you. We must have heard how many, 40 speakers, maybe more than that, maybe 50 uh, in the three-day span. There's a lot of speakers. I'm going to throw it wide open to you to give commentary, set the stage for us. And what were your thoughts and why should people listening to us be encouraged about what happened in London, England these last three days? Well, thank you, Jim, for having me. It was incredibly encouraging. And I could put it in a number of ways. 
one way of saying we all know that if you look at things like Davos and the World Economic Forum, you see people who are shifting steadily towards global authoritarianism. In other words, you have global problems, you want global solutions, and they give you global organizations during COVID and so on, and we have a sense of one world government coming. Whereas what we saw at ARC was the reverse of that. Responsibility going back not just to nations, but to neighborhoods and to individuals, so that the idea of self-government, which is so important to Christians, was re-emphasized in a strong way. Or again, speaking personally, I've been following the crazy ideologies that today are not only against us as Christians, they're against the Western world itself. So the enemy is within the gates. And in particular, I think of three, what I call the waves. You have the red wave, classical and cultural Marxism, the rainbow wave of the sexual revolution, and the black wave, which we've seen since October the 7th, of radical Islamism, not only against the little Satan, Israel, but against the big Satan, America and the West. Now, we had a resounding answer to these things in a wonderfully open Christian way. So I was very encouraged. And I think people all over the world said to me things like, I'm so glad I know I'm not alone. I've thought these things, but now I realize there's an army of other people standing too. Of course, it was only a beginning. We need to create an open forum of ideas where Christians and others are free to engage and bring these ideas in and then go back to their different countries and suggest and push for policies that really reflect the interests of the scriptures and the gospel again. So it was a very encouraging start. And as you said, there was enormous amount of faith in the room. In other words, there were secular people there and people who are on the progressive side who increasingly have seen the light, but the bulk of people were people of real faith. And it was an immense encouragement. Well, let's just set the stage of sort of the feel for the room. Uh, Valerie, let me go ahead and introduce you and, and Paul Diamond at the same time. Valerie Huber, uh, she is uh, was in the Trump administration in the State Department. Uh, I would like to say she's very high up. And once she that term finished, she continued on with what is called, uh, Valerie, do I have it right, the Geneva Consensus, which uh, brings nations together to stand for pro-life. And you have now 37 nations standing pro-life committed this. Did I introduce you properly on the, the constructs of the of the uh, consensus? Uh, you got it mostly correct. It's it's okay. actually it's it's actually a the first ever coalition of nations that are bound together uh, by the commitment to stand for um, the family as foundational to society. Uh, commit that there is no international right to abortion. It's not a human right. And to commit to improve the health for women and girls and all under the umbrella of preserving their own sovereignty from external pressure and influence that we 
all know is very present. And, you know, Jim, as um, I was on my way to London, it was just on the heels of celebrating the third commemoration of the Geneva Consensus Declaration in Washington, D.C. We had 40 countries there who each one of them, uh, before the Geneva Consensus Declaration Coalition was begun, they thought they were all alone. And while we were in London talking about Western values, those same values are held dear in every one of these countries. Um, they come from different religious, different geopolitical standpoints, but the one thing that binds them together are the very values that were put front and center uh, this week in London. And I was just thinking, boy, it would be great if representatives the next time around from each of those countries could also be there because it's very lonely. And um, oftentimes they think that maybe there really is something wrong with standing for those traditional mm -hmm. values because they're under constant pressure to negate them. Uh, they're being told that if they want to be a developed country, they have to adopt all the radical ideologies. They have to give up their uh, their their traditions and 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 their their underpinnings in in their faith. Um, and what I came away from uh, from from this phenomenal ARC conference is perhaps this is the first test. This is the beginning of having a a movement that, while decades uh, slow at starting, can make a meaningful change in a positive way to restore sanity and restore those values that we as Christians hold dear and that have built our nations and our civilization uh, over many centuries. And it's been quickly slipping through our fingers. It gave me hope. Thank you, Valerie. And, and we're gonna go uh, to Barrister Paul Diamond. He's an attorney here in, well, near London, actually Cambridge, Cambridge University. And uh, he, he's been a special guest as our speaker in our church at Skyline quite a few years ago. So it was really good to get to connect with him here in London. Uh, just give, give me an overview, uh, Paul. Now I'm going to go to all three of you or four of you. Kind of an overview of your sense or feel of this event. Help people understand what actually happened here and why is that important to them and really encouraging to all of them? Yeah. <clears throat> Well, I think everyone here agrees it was an outstanding conference and primarily because of the caliber of speakers and the attendees. I mean, the benefit of a conference is not only to hear from um, incredible speakers, professors, academics, questions as you as been identified by Jordan Peterson, Oz speaking, the caliber was, at, was outstanding. But also the attendees were, was, I believe, agreed selective. So you had very successful business people, politicians, social influencer, young, young leaders, if you could put it that way, which you identified, Jim, coming up. So there was a fantastic networking opportunity. My, 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 I, I've said this to you, Jim. I think we had it in one of our conversations. What I think is 
these conferences are very useful for us to mix and meet, make contacts. And I went there really for ideas. I went there because I want to, I want, you've got to think, I think uh, I need Oz's brain on this and to take all his ideas, if I may, Oz. Uh, but you need to know where the curve is going. Try and get in front of the curve. That's been my experience. But what what I think is important is that the conference for us was very useful, but it's very important to get get into Middle England, Middle Europe, Middle America. And I, I've always described it this way. When I used to do a case, you want Mr. Angry from Tunbridge Wells. And uh, that's a sort of statement here. Tunbridge Wells is a rather sort of middle class, probably rather dull town, but you want them to get very angry there. And I don't know what the American equivalence is, but it's going to be something, I, I use this and forgive me, I, I use the term um, Reagan Democrats. These people who are not normally in your camp, but will be outraged what is going on or what is happening. A man can be a woman, their children are taught these X, Y, Z in the schools. Um, we have demonstrations on our streets with kill the Jews or gas the Jews, as if this is normal. And I think there's a two-pronged stage to this. The first one is, it may sound, we learn, we become enabled. But I think it's very important. For me, I, I think this, we don't just, you know, preach to the church choir, as they say. Uh, many people in certain constituents would be out would be with us and so i always say we've got to get this out and um, perhaps i'm talking more politically than anything um to mr angry of tunbridge wells or to the reagan democrats so they will come over and i think we have opportunities on this to articulate it and somehow we need to develop a positive message and we need not to be so reactive we're very reactive and that's why I was personally interested in getting a bit ahead of the curve so we can actually turn some tables. But it was a fantastic conference and um, it's great to meet up with you again, Jim and Rosemary and catch up with everybody after. I think the last time we met, as I said, we were, on a, we were going down the Danube somewhere. Um, <laughs> but so um, it's very great. So it's been, it was a great time and I think it, it will be important. We need to keep the momentum going. Jordan Peterson, who, who really was kind of the epicenter of the conference and a major organizer, is a man who just a few years ago would have been a self-declared atheist. And then in the process, he became a theist. And the language that he used even today at the closing uh, shows that he's, he's moved into a, a really significant awareness of the importance of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and the critical nature of the cross of Christ Jesus. It was quite astounding some of the things he said pertaining to that. And then one other very high visibility, and I cannot pronounce her name, so one of the rest of you, uh, Oz, you're gonna have to help me pronounce her name, the lady who was Muslim, uh, Somali by background, but raised in the Netherlands. Uh, help me with her name, one of you. I am Ali. Ali. Say, say it one more time, Oz. I am Hirsi. Ali. Well, you see her on Fox News a great deal. We see her on the news all over. And, uh, and and she moved from leaving the Muslim faith to going to atheism and speaks out against the Muslim faith a great deal and, and the abuses of the world, such as Hamas. 
but it was very interesting as she began to dialogue more she began to talk about her embracing of judeo-christian values and even reference to the bible in a very positive way now, i'm not saying they're all the way on the journey but there is something going on among people who have vestiges of christian christian judeo-christian values in them and awareness that that our society has gone way too far and something's happened mm -hmm. oz do you want to speak to that you're exactly right. I mean, 20 years ago, we had the wave of the new atheists, and they were rank atheists, and religion was the problem, and they hated God. Now you have the ones you mentioned, her husband, uh, Neil Ferguson, and um, Tom Holland, the author of Dominion, and others like that. They're what I call wistful atheists. They're very, very close to believing, and they call themselves at least cultural Christians. As Douglas Murray says, if you kill the golden goose, you kill the golden eggs. You won't have any. And they realize, as Tom Holland puts it, uh, we're maybe in a post-Christian era, but we're all swimming in Christian water. And so you have a number of very wistful, nostalgic atheists who are very close to the kingdom. And Jordan Peterson told the editor of an Australian newspaper last night that he was now a believer. Oh, wait a minute. Repeat. took me by surprise on that. Repeat that last sentence. Well, he told the journalist who was there from the Australian last night that he was he crossed the gap and he was now a believer. Yeah, it was uh, in his in his last speech this evening. Uh, it was uh, there were about three sentences towards the end. I looked at Rosemary and the guy sitting beside her. And I said, "Whoa, what we just heard there is very significant." And remember, one of the interviews he did was he was he was shocked when he introduced um, this one lady, and, and he was saying, "I sense that you have changed." You, he was not aware she'd moved out of atheism, uh, even in a public interview. Did you catch that moment? Did you see that moment? Well, I, I've known him for three years, and there's no question he's moved. But even as late as you know, two weeks ago, when I was with him in Colorado, uh, he wasn't quite there. So if what the Australian editor said is true, he is there now. And of course, he's really like Saul become Paul. We, Rosemary and I were at a conference here in London in June. It was not near this large, but it was very well run, and it was a very preppy conference. It had several former prime ministers, uh, some of which you would probably know. And, uh, and, and as they talked, one of the themes that came out was two things were driving people back to the values, and that was the rise of transgenderism. Homosexuality itself did not do it, but transgenderism, and then the religion of climate change, the obsession with climate, climatology, that, that those two factors were turning people back. Any one of you want to comment, give commentary on that? Well, Paul can come in, but I would just say that clearly a bridge too far for many people. You you see the logic in the extreme, but come in, Paul. No, I think the only comment I was going to make is I've often wondered why there's been such pressure on Christianity and Judeo-Christian values while other religions seem to get a sort of pass and Islam's an obvious example people don't seem to object and I think they're genuinely threatened by Christianity and Judeo-Christian Judeo values because 
in the sort of ordering of society, it's actually quite a successful ordering. It's produced prosperity, rule of law, and Islamic, atheistic, uh, socialist, these systems have brought great disasters and people flee these lands as soon as they can. So I think that there is a targeting of these values, perhaps I'm not directly answering it. And, um, and, that, and that's why they're particularly frightened of it and thoughtful people as we've identified would be very attracted to it. It's a very um, um, attractive and um, they're, they're heading in, you know, I won't, they're heading in that direction. I'll leave that for the ministers to address. Jim, what, um, what I like about where we are now, you see a very clear contrast between creation, biblical style, and what's called constructionism. We are free and we can do whatever we like, regardless of reality, regardless of our bodies and so on, men declaring themselves women and so on. You have a clear clash of creation and self-made constructionism. And it's just reached places that are just absurd. Yes. So, you know, President, yes. Obama, President Biden's celebration of Women Day celebrated a man in the guise of a woman. And women felt left out, naturally. <laughs> Speaking of women that's being left out, Valerie, we're gonna come back to you. Valerie, and then I want to I want to go to the uh, to Prime Minister Petroli um, and have him comment on this. Valerie, what were the themes? So people understand we, we covered quite a few themes in that conference. Let's all work together to let people know what we covered, because once they hear what we were covered and what was shared is the opposite. They're being beat up on Facebook every day. Uh, so cover Valerie, cover the themes with us, and maybe we'll all chip in. And then, uh, Prime Minister, I want to go to you, Prime Minister Petterly, and uh, you comment as well. So, Valerie, lay out the themes. What were the various topics we covered? Well, I think you're uh, muted. Valerie, you're uh, muted. I, I'm not muted. Uh... You're, you're right. I was, I was muted. Um, I think what was really pretty profound about it is it's very easy for us to look at the downward spiral of our culture and to be negative and discouraged about it. But at the at the very front and at the end, we were encouraged to see a better way and to look optimistically at what we can do. And we as Christians know that um, we are here for a purpose. We are to be um, God's handiwork and uh, to be faithful in, in our walks. And, and that really inspired me. There was discussion about uh, strengthening the social fabric of society. There was discussion about uh, economics and um, energy and um climate and uh, the, the family. I thought what was really interesting was when Jordan ended the conference, he became pretty emotional when he talked about the family as being the critical foundation, uh, moms and dads. And we know that for any healthy society, if you don't have strong families, you don't have a strong society. 
I am really hopeful that this is just the beginning and that there will be a coalescing around both what we discussed these last three days and listened and interacted with others, uh, but there are new partnerships that were grown. I know personally, I can say that were grown over those three days and there is an energy, I think, from everyone who is now leaving and going back home. Just so I've got my program right in front of me, so you're aware, uh, each day we had uh, strengthening the social fabric. Now, obviously, that's the issue of the family. Then free markets and good governance. And that's responding to the radical Marxism that's taking over. Then energy resources environment, the abundance versus scarcity. That's obviously dealing with the whole climate change religion and hysteria. And then liberal democratic ideas. Democratic doesn't mean democratic as opposed to Republican. And liberal doesn't mean that as opposed to conservative. Liberal means open-minded. Democratic means uh, for the people for self-governance. That's how that word is used in Europe in contrast to how we might use it in America most of the time. So those three themes over and over, uh, people reinforced those kind, those kind of themes. And so that was what was so encouraging because here we were seeing government leaders, business leaders, high profile people, even people from the arts and people that were musicians and all speaking. And they were we were all speaking the same language, completely counter to the cultural force of Marxism uh, that we and, and the LBGT and radical Islam, et cetera, that's come upon it and anti-Christianism uh, and anti-Semitism that has come upon the world. Uh, let me go to uh, Prime Minister Petrolet. If you can unmute yours right now, uh, give us some responses that you felt as you went through these last three days. If you'll unmute and share that with us. I attended so many conferences in my uh, in, in 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 recent decades, and uh, when I decided to accept it, uh, Jordan's invitation, I said, "Oh, how I will survive one more three days conference." Uh, but it was, uh, you know, I, I distinguish between events and gatherings, and this was gathering with a lot of sharing, uh, uh, and we were really speaking terms. Uh, there were many common denominators. I believe that what I heard in these three days, I heard already somewhere or sometimes, <laughs> but it was a, a really a kind of of re renewal, uh, I don't speak about the new ideas about, about energy, but as far as faith is concerned, responsibility, identity, community, uh, I think uh, I, I, was, I was really uh, happy with, with this conference, which was in many respects, it was uh, testimonial also, no? So I, I, I did not get bored in these three days, uh, uh, and it was a very good uh, composition uh, of words and music uh, and uh, people spoke about very clear concepts uh, uh, and um, I, I think that many or maybe everybody felt committed uh, to this new idea to build community of hope and, and courage. Uh, uh, so uh, for me, it was also, I would say, very person-centered or I would say personalistic. Uh, uh, 
so I was, uh, I, 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 my, 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 uh, my notice is very positive. The, uh, it, it was what was just amazing, folks, to, to hear this. Here, here we, we hear all, all the climate hysteria. And then here was one expert after another. I mean, I don't know how many we had talk specifically on how much our Earth is capable of producing. And there's plenty, plenty of energy to go along and the value of fossil fuels. And, and, the, and they debunked one theory after another that's being done by World Economic Forum. It, it was it was just remarkable, and then on free market, uh, every one of you would have come away absolutely ecstatic with what what you're sensing is the potential of this being not a conference but a movement among leaders, and that's going to be the key. Oz, back to you for more thoughts. No, I think you summed it up well. And there was poetry, and there was art. And it gave an all-round uh, sense of uh, a, a Christian worldview in action. No, it was very encouraging. And of course, the long coffee breaks and the long lunch hours, there was a tremendous amount of debate and networking that went on, which was equally encouraging. And I think some people didn't go to some of the sessions. They stayed out there talking. Furious oh, yeah. conversations the whole time. It was an amazing network exercise. When they said, oh, now we're going to have some poetry, I, I've got to admit, I, I went, okay, let's, let's get this poetry over with. And this guy got up there, and it was a little bit more like rap than classic poetry. And here was this uh, young man, of course, everybody's young compared to me, but he stood up there and all tattooed, and he started in there, and he had me by the second line. I was concentrating on every word. And I, I thought, this man is theologically and biblically, scripturally, brilliant every phrase he understood scripture and just capture it then they had him come back a second time and and i i concentrated so hard i didn't want to miss one word the third time he came back up on day three he had people weeping i mean people began to cry i had to work to to, to, to not release tears because it was so moving and then the music was quite breathtaking and spectacular and then one guy on art as he began to talk uh, I didn't know at the time, I wasn't sure, but he ended with a New Testament appeal. And here he turns out to be a, a, a serious follower of Jesus Christ, uh, explaining the world of art. And he lives in Princeton, New, New, New Jersey. Other thoughts? Valerie, I want to go back to you. Pick up on what's going through your mind right now, Valerie. Valerie, I think you're muting. You know, I'm trying not to interrupt when others are talking and, and then I forget to take the mute off. Sorry about that. You know, as as others were talking, I was reliving the last three days. And I think one of the best parts of of the conference um, was certainly the content and the and the mix of media. Uh but I have to agree that the, the long lunches and the teas, uh, there were thought leaders who had assembled from all over the world, many of whom had never met before. I know that was true for me. There were many people that I knew, but many more that I did not know. But the, the synergy that was evident, but at the end of each of those break sessions where real work was taking place 
was tremendously encouraging. And I think that's something that is lacking in virtually every conference that I have been to in the past. I want to, uh, folks, we're not just trying to give a conference report. What I'm hoping you're going to feel and sense is I think we saw a move of the Holy Spirit. I think something was happening in the realm of the Spirit. I'm very cautious to use the word seismic shift because people use it so often. They use it too often. Everything's a seismic shift. I felt this one represented that. That's why I used the word a moment ago, a movement. Something like this. It was it was quite intriguing. It didn't have the typical Christianese language that you and I are used to. It was phrased different ways, very creatively phrased, but it would come back to the essence of the values of our Judeo-Christian heritage in profound ways. Sure. Paul Diamond, and we'll go back to the Prime Minister. Paul Diamond. I, I was a bit shameful, I have to be honest. Um, the first sort of day, day and a half, I dutifully attended the sessions and they were fantastic. And But I have to, about halfway through, I did think you're not going to get a conference like this. This happens very rarely. There were sort of politicians, business people, media people, all on board and all incredibly friendly. I don't know how many people you just went up to and went, hello, and all of a sudden, I mean, there's a couple of people, I think they're, they're great friendships made on top of the sort of brilliance of the person. And so I must admit, uh, Jim, I think I was one of those people who you saw in the coffee bars, hanging outside, perhaps avoiding the sessions in conversation and I actually was one of those people for really the last day and a half because I thought I've got to just use this because you know it, we're, we're all going to go back around the globe and it's going to be you know but I and I'm I was aware of the scale of investment as well by ARC into this conference I mean you can't rent those kind of premises you can't get those many speakers involved with their schedules it's a tremendous amount of work and I mean, I, I, and it's, I mean, I hope and pray it continues, but, you know, they, they are very rare. So um, I just found, you know, really the meeting fantastic. I think I've made one or two great friends, you know. Um, so if this would have been folks in in Dallas, Texas, you'd say, OK, another conference. This is in Europe. Uh, this is in London. Uh, this is in the heart of secularized western europe and yet the power of god is moving we we we, we could be seeing precursors of something very significant spiritually happening here and uh paul you don't need to feel at all ashamed or embarrassed to hanging out there because that was one of their goals is the first conference i've ever gone to where you had their own app in such a way that all the attendees were listed there and every badge you had, I don't know where our badge is here, every badge you had, you have your own personal QR code on the badge, and every single person is listed in there, and you just punch it, and you have each other's immediate information. And so you could go through all the list of the attendees, 1,500 of us, and to know all about each other. And as you intersected, pull out your phone, snap on that on the QR code, and boom, you've got 
information swap. So it was designed intentionally for us to interconnect because this has to be a relationally driven movement as we stand together. Uh, they may try to hang us separately, but if we come together, then what a difference yeah. uh, we can make. Rosemary, you have a I'm going to come back to the prime minister. Rosemary, your thoughts. Well, I just see it as the beginning of a reformation. And the, the Lord just wanted to remind us of that. We were there on Reformation Day. When we came into the city, the city had just witnessed the horrific demonstration for violence, for terrorism, three days of three marches of thousands of people. And I believe the Lord brought a response and um, a, um, hearing the cry and the prayers of so many of his people and people just wondering what's going on and what's happening in the days that are we living in? Are these the last days the Bible talks about? But but we're seeing evil and good in a very strong contrast. And we were so encouraged to align with such good, such good that promoted the family, promoted life. It was all about love and relationships and, and parents um, raising loving families and solidifying um their neighborhoods, their communities, their nations, and bringing joy and comfort and peace and goodness and betterment to society versus what we see out there getting more evil, more horrendous day by day. So it was so comforting to our soul. It was feeding us spiritually by hearing biblical truth, not in a religious way, but in practical measures. And it was very refreshing. Um, we want to go back to the prime minister uh, for some kind of closing thoughts. Prime minister, what thoughts do you have as kind of a wrap up thoughts on, on, uh, on what we've just experienced here? I was happy to, to speak to so many young people there. Uh, in, it, was, it was intergenerational, uh, all generations, I would say. Uh, but you already mentioned this mixture of politicians, artists, scientists, business people. Uh, it was, I would say, it was not just one more conference. The spirit was there. This was my, my feeling. And uh, uh, I would say a spirit of community. And you mentioned already friendship. Uh, uh, it was extraordinary, I would say. Wonderful. Uh, Rosemary, any other thoughts you want to share? No, it was just exceptional. We are very privileged to be at something that I think that will be noted in history. It is a, a really a turning point. I feel unlike anything else we've been to in quite a while. Yeah, it really was. Uh, Valerie, any final thoughts? Paul Diamond, final thoughts? Valerie? Yeah, I just want to, uh, as a final thought, say something that was stated over and over in different ways was uh, that we each have a personal responsibility. Yeah. Um, and I think all of us who were there take that very seriously anyway, but I think it reiterated uh, that we have um, responsibilities that, that lead to freedom. And we also have a legacy um, that we can pass on. And I think it made me realize that um, 
none of us are alone, that there are many, many people who have the same drive, have the same rationale and reason, um, and that we are not doing this for ourselves. We are doing this for others and for our Lord. And that makes all the difference. Yeah, the, the, the polar opposites from what you hear in culture, what she just alluded to, uh, whereas we hear victimhood, 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 identity politics, this conference didn't tolerate any of that. And some of the speakers were profoundly strong on that issue and said, no, you take personal responsibility. Uh, in, a, in a culture that's anti-patriotic, no, you will be patriotic. We're going to love our countries. We're going to work to better our countries. In uh, a world where everything's scarcity, 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 no, we actually have abundance of resources that God has given us. Uh, and it, 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 in a world of negativity, where everything is getting terrible, no, there's a great future out there. So it was, and there were, they gave the reasons why. It wasn't Pollyanna. It was actually factually based. The PowerPoint presentations, for example, on energy resources were the best I have ever seen ever. It was stunning uh, what, what we learned and participated in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the WellVersed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.